Hey everyone, welcome to Flavor Country. This podcast is simply two best friends getting vulnerable and exploring the cosmos together. We're going to talk about masturbating. We're going to talk about Star Wars. We're going to talk about doing drugs. Most important thing is we're just going to talk about our experience here in life and we want you to come along and join us. Nothing that we say should be taken seriously and is not medical, psychological, or athletic advice. You're now in flavor country. Welcome. I drank during Oppenheimer and had to like, uh, is Oppenheimer open? How am I saying it's Oppenheimer? <laughs> but they call him like, Opie, right? They call him Opie in the fucking movie. So <laughs> it's kind right, of confusing. Oppenheimer, I drank during it and had to pee three times, man. <laughs> Dude, I was so fascinated by Oppenheimer that even when I needed to pee during that three hours, yeah, I, I forced my body to absorb the urine from my bladder. I was like, nope. We're sweating this out. We're just going to sit it, huh? here on the edge of our seat and we're going to cry and we're going to sweat it out. No, man, I was sitting by, I, I told you I went and see it by myself. And I was sitting by this random lady and she's probably like, what is this guy? Like I was kind of fidgety and then I would kept going to the bathroom and then kept sneaking back into the theater and she's probably like, who is this guy? <laughs> you got to you gotta keep talking because I got oh. I got nothing. <laughs> okay. uh, I am glad you saw. I know we saw we we talked about Barbie in the last episode, but I would love to get some of your take here because um, yeah, want to know uh, what you thought of Barbie. <laughs> Sorry, you keep eating. <laughs> well, then, for those who haven't seen Barbie, we'll give a brief synopsis of. No, I can't do that. I, I'm bad at stalling, man. You just got to swallow your shit and start talking. <laughs> Okay, can you hear me now? I can, yeah. We're good. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I shouldn't have taken that big I shouldn't have taken that big handful of peanuts. <laughs> my mic's gonna go on for ages here. I'm just gonna <laughs> now it's my moment. <laughs> here's my here's my take on the Barbie movie, Mike. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I heard that click. You heard that little click? Yeah. We got this going. We got a uh kombucha booch crap. on booch? Bushcraft, Bushcraft organic baby. hard kombucha, ginger lime. Bushcraft, keep oh. baby. Keep cold for fruit's sake. That's not really the tag. It's just telling you to keep it cold. But <laughs> wait, did you did you make that up? Keep cold for fruit's sake. No, it's on the. I'm not. <laughs> it's on the top of the thing. Keep cold for fruit's sake. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So I, for I those of you I, listening at home, fruit is being used for the word fuck in this situation. Yeah. And that's what makes it funny. <laughs> Try again, Boochcraft. We've we, we've we've cracked your code. Yeah. Um, hey, Mike. Here's, here's my Sorry, take. On one more thing. One more thing with Boochcraft. Tastes like a Moscow Mule, but different. Good different. Good different. I Good like different. a Moscow Mule. Shut up, Boochcraft. <laughs> Shut the fruit yeah. up. Fuck Boochcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fruit up, Butchcraft. <laughs> can we can we just replace fuck with fruit this whole episode? 
Dude, I'm going to try my best, but it's going to be hard to keep up because I'm a little tuned up right now. So here, here's my take on the Barbie movie, Mike. I just came from it. Like I I'm late because I came from the Barbie movie, right? Yep. And sure. Did I sneak a bunch of Tito's into the Barbie movie? Yeah, fine. Of course I did. Who wouldn't? (laughs) So yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little bit awesome right now. But here's my take on it. I had all of my, like, I had all of my cool friends being like, the Barbie movie is awesome and it's earth shattering and it's groundbreaking and it's like, what up? And I had all of my like sort of closed minded friends who are still my best homies. And they were like, it's anti-man and it's a fucking thing and this and that. And it's all this kind of bullshit. Do you know where I landed? Unfortunately, do you want to know where I landed? Where? I landed on, I think the Barbie movie is an instant classic and I think it's funny as hell. And also I think it does not hate on men or women. It, it exposes the reality of how hard it is to be human. Damn. I think you're spot on with that, man. Um, because you know what I want to talk about? Like, cause we didn't talk about this in the last time we talked about Barbie and you know what? The world's still talking about Barbie. So we can talk about Barbie for as long as we want. We can do five episodes on Barbie if we want to. Um, because I think it's that important actually. I, um, I agree. I agree. It's, a, it's an instant classic. And that's what makes it an instant classic. But I, I, related so much to ken same same like my Mike, journey this is what i wore to the barbie movie <laughs> i really wish people could see this Dude, that's that shirt man feeling, feeling fine. fine in the pines it's it's a light it's a powder blue shirt that is like sort of tie-dyed i've i've cut the collar and the sleeves off and then in hot pink it says feeling fine in the pines, 1969. And it has a little, it has a little Christmas tree carrying a, a pair of skis in an upside down triangle. So this is like, you get not only shirt? is it full blown Ken, but it's also super gay. Like I'm dressed super gay right now. Yeah. I went Can to I the Barbie you? movie with cut off sleeves and a, and a dipped cut off collar. And I'm still saying I'm team Barbie and Ken made me feel like me a little bit. Sasquatch Ken went to go watch the Barbie movie. Yeah. Sasquatch Ken went and fucked up the Barbie movie today. Jesus Ken, maybe. Hey, look at my shirt that I'm wearing. Let me see. Oh, dude, you're wearing the Flavor Country shirt. I love that shirt. The cool shirt, right? Uh, I got to get one that fits you a little better, but. um, No, the one that you gave me fits me perf. Um. But yeah, I related to Ken in that movie in so many ways. And so, <laughs> I mean, here's, here's a take on it in a way. Like, because I also felt hurt when Ken was hurt. Same. Of course. So, I, I, I'm, what I'm trying to say, maybe this sounds bad, but like, I, I get the anger from people if, because they, they watch it and they feel hurt. But they're not they're not zooming out quite enough because, yeah, I watched it and it hurt because I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been there. I've been Ken on the beach being like my day depends on whether a woman looks at me in a certain way. Bingo. Like my entire day. I could have the best fucking day. I could go to work and win a million dollars, win a million dollars, earn whatever I could. 
And then I, I come home and a certain girl treats me in a certain way. And, and that certain girl, I say certain girl, I mean, right now it's mostly my wife, but like throughout my life, it's been like a certain girl. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, it's, it's, it's always a different girl, as I'm trying to say, but like, yeah. Mike, I, I, I think that you're hitting on something that the, the movie addresses, but people, I think, interpreted it the wrong way. So it's like, like I've heard, I've heard a lot of people talk about how the Barbie movie is anti-male. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't feel anti-male at all watching that movie. You fucking dipshits. Mm-hmm. I felt, um, first of all, I felt sympathy mm-hmm. for Barbie and all of the women in the movie. I felt sympathy for that. I was like, God damn it. Really? That's how it is. I also felt empathy for all of the Kens in the movie. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a movie about us versus them and me versus you. It's not a movie. It's not a movie about that. So get off your high fucking horse, you dipshits. And like, it's, Oh, did I cut you off right there? No, go ahead. I'm, I I have, I'm going to continue that thought, but please go ahead. Just real quick. I'm just saying it, it highlights the art, like the, the complex that the complexes from a psychological term that we are in. That's like, because of the patriarchy or the, right. what the patriarchy, the, the effects that that's had the ripple effects. Yes. And you think of a conscious, you're circling around this core of like intense emotion and the dynamic that creates w- between the masculine and the feminine neither the masculine nor the feminine liked any of the watching it. It's like, Oh, that's a bad dynamic. That's a bad dynamic. When the men are in charge, that's a bad, a bad dynamic. When, when at the beginning, when the men were just trying to wait for a, a woman to notice them, that's a bad dynamic. There was just like the, the whole thing, you know? Couldn't agree. Does that more. Make sense? Oh, dude, I couldn't agree more. There's a, there's a great scene that I, I, I made a mental note cause I want to talk to you about it. So when they first come to the real world and it's Barbie and Ken and they're in their fucking rollerblade outfits and they're along Venice beach having the time of their lives. They are both dude. It's fucking Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, the two best looking people on planet earth, right? Uh-huh. Like objectively the two best looking people on planet earth. I'm, you're not going to get any disagreement with me there. If you disagree, I mean, I- I'm sorry. Whatever happened to you, I feel sorry for you. I, I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to feel good about yourself. But here's the thing. Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are the two best looking people on planet Earth. That's just the way it goes. There's got to be good. Listen, there's a bunch of good looking people. Everyone's good looking. Everyone's awesome. But there's rankings wise, there's got to be like number one and number one. And, and it's those two. And if you don't, you're just wrong. If you don't, if you disagree, fine. Like, hey, live your life, man. Get your fucking rocks off. Like, jerk off to whatever it is you're jerking off to, girl. But like, Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are the two pinnacles of human good looks. And they're the two of them are riding along uh, on their rollerblades in Venice Beach, and they're both getting catcalled. Both of them equal. It's equal. They're both getting catcalled and like, like what up? And Margot Robbie is like. I'm experiencing like a level of consciousness that I've never felt before. It's sort of directed like to myself. It's like a self consciousness. <laughs> and yeah, everybody laughs. Ha ha. Pause for laughter. And then Ryan Gosling, Ken is like, huh, I'm experiencing it as what can only be described as 
admiration. And that look, dude, that moment, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I get it. Yeah. There's a there's a there's an intensity and a level of safety that comes with that. Like, it's not like, oh, man, I wish I was a woman who was constantly catcalled. No, it's not what it is. It's a level of safety that comes along with that admiration or that catcalling. That's the whole fucking thing. And so the whole movie is about it's not about like men versus women. The whole movie is about like, hey. Who feels confident and able to step into their power and able to like own this in a safe and like productive way versus who feels like they are being objectified? And I was like, God damn it, dude, be better, Doug, be better at life. That's what I that's what I walked away from the Barbie movie feeling. Um, The end I'm talking about, I was relating to Ken's journey, the end when she was like, you need to be. Ken and I'll be Barbie like right separate um you know and I think any uh especially of our like our ex-Mormon listeners who uh got married really young can relate to I mean with my wife and I in the past three years since we both started seeing you know adept psychologists and doing inner work and psychedelics occasionally or whatever doing self-work the biggest thing is like how do we how do we keep our connection alive, but Mike be Mike and she be her, you know, right. instead of, instead of the pair. And it's fucking hard because you're, you're dealing with, you know, 20 ish years of enmeshment of being that unit of uh, two twain shall be one flesh or whatever the scripture is. And, and I was like, well, you know what? Like, no, I'm I'm my own person, but I want to be in relationship with people I want to be in relationship with, and that's very tricky to unpack. And so that so the part of the end when he, she's like, "You need to be Ken, and Barbie will be Barbie," and he's like, "Oh, he, he's I, I've forgotten what he says, but he's kind of just like he's missing the point, and somehow he totally but. misses the point. <laughs> like the whole am I enough is." It's, it's, it's not even like a big part of the movie. Like it's, it's so interesting what people take from the movie, you know, like the, 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 the enough with a K in front of it. Am I enough? That's what I'm saying. That's only like Ken is wearing a sweatshirt that says that it it has not, it has nothing to do with like the point of the movie, but people have picked up on that shit because like we want to create a society in which are, are you trying to take anything away from me? If you're trying to take anything away from me, and I know you're saying privilege, you're saying straight, white, male. And in, in, Ken's, in Ken's situation, bombshell gorgeous. Like you're a straight white male who's fucking gorgeous. But is that enough? Is that enough? And everyone is picking up on that and being like, well, it's a it's a anti man thing, and it's a fucking baby hop, and it's hoobity hoo, and it's blah blah blah. And it's like, no, you dip, you no, no. I'm not gonna say the word dipshit again because I've already said it twice today. I'm gonna say no, you butthole. It's about the concept of none of us, male or female, can hear. I want you to exist 
on your own without me as your codependent partner, none of us can hear that and feel good about hearing that. It's like, no, let's actually try to, let's actually try to examine that a little bit and see if we, me as a human being can feel good about me being me and her being her. Instead of your day being set on whether or not I look at you in a certain way. Right. How about, how about you just live your day and you be you, whether it's a good day, bad day, whatever you be in your feelings, I'll be in mine. And you know what? If we cross paths, we cross paths. If not, I'm sure we will eventually. I mean, we live in the same little little community of Barbie community. Of course, we're going to cross paths. But like, um, you know, it's you be. It, it, don't don't have your whether or not you have a good day be based on me. Mike, should we talk about our own individual marriages right now? Because I think we're <laughs> I think we're like sort of like. I think we're sort of circling around our bullshit. And if you don't want to talk about it, if that feels too vulnerable, that's fine. I feel like I'm in a place right now where I can talk about it a little bit. I think I can too, because we're both going through similar kind of things. We are going through some similar stuff. Um, My therapist, who is also your therapist, who Mm -hmm. is Tracy and our coach, and we can't say therapist. That's true. She's our coach now, right? Yeah. She's our coach. She and I have talked about uh, recently and multiple times. We've talked about this very topic right here of there's a there's a tendency for me to want to be um, almost a martyr, like almost there's a tendency for me to want so deeply to take care of everyone's needs and to like prevent everyone else from feeling pain. And this is not just true in my marriage. This is true in my friendships. This is true in my uh, fatherhood. This is true in my work-life balance. There is a tendency for me to, to want so desperately for no one else around me to feel pain that I'm willing to take on extra pain. Mm. And that extra pain is, n- it's nada. It's nothing, dude. It's Ken feeling sorry for himself. It's me, Doug feeling sorry for myself and not, and not um, allowing for another person to go through stages of loss, pain, mm-hmm. disappointment, fucking rejection, all of the things that cause pain. That's what I'm going through right now, dude. Mm. You're saying taking that on instead of letting them go through their authentic experience. Yeah, because like I, and, and, and therefore I'm, I'm almost lying. I'm almost being dishonest about my experience because I want so desperately for another person. Maybe it's Mike, maybe it's my wife, maybe it's my other friend, uh, who none of you know, um, it's me wanting so desperately for them not to feel pain and me being like, feeling like I'm some kind of fucking tough guy. I'm like, I have a high tolerance for pain. So I'll take on the pain dog. I'll take on the pain, babe. I'll take on the pain, Mike. I'll take on the pain y'all. And it's like, no, you fucking asshole. You are not taking on everybody's pain. You're actually just pretending so that you can get good boy points. That's my problem is that I think I'm getting good boy points by taking on other people's pain. And I'm actually not. 
they're still feeling the pain and also having to cater to me feeling sorry for myself. And Holy if I learned shit. something from the Barbie movie is that they don't want a good boy. <laughs> no, nobody wants a good boy. Um, you know, it's hitting me in a way because it's like, um, I've been taking on pain recently as a way of like, you know, I, I guess it goes back to the beginning of that movie where it's like, instead of just living my day, my day is based on uh, my codependent connection. And mm. Mm. there's, um, there's a, uh, I mean, I've talked about this before, but I, you know, last quarter or a couple quarters ago, I wrote an Artemis paper and it's about claiming that space in you that's just yours. And ever since, I mean, I think I was writing that because I was desiring this, right? It was like, Hey, I, I grew up Mormon. I uh, went on a mission. I've never been alone. You know, I wasn't alone growing up. I went on a mission, always had a companion, came right home, lived with roommates in college, uh, met my gorgeous mate, was enchanted right away. And it, you know, in Mormon terms, like if you, if you want to, if you want to fruit together, <laughs> you have to, you have to get married. Who, so, wouldn't, who wouldn't be enchanted by your mate? She is fucking, yeah. not only is she gorgeous, but she's also like, like, I love, I love chatting with, like, she's one of my favorite people. Like looks yeah. aside, like top to bottom, right? Yeah. Like body face. And like, sort of like package aside, she's awesome. Who wouldn't want to fucking fuck her? Yeah. And so there was this tension of like, look, I found this person and I want to fuck her. And I also want to like live with her and be with her. Yeah. But like marriage, man, that's a deal. Like at 22, you're signing, marriage especially you're signing for marriage for eternity, you know? Yeah. And I'm at the stage where I'm like, oh, I'm loving like exploring college and figuring out who I am. Um, but so I didn't get that. And so then you get married young, you have kids young. And even if you're with the most awesome person, you still are like, wait, who, who am I? And so I think writing that paper was this kind of cry of like, I'm 43 years old and I don't know who I am mm. alone with me. And, and so it's like, how can I be, how can we be each other? And choose to relate, but like carve out space to, to discover myself and that carving out and claiming of space, it fucking hurts. It's, it's yeah. painful. It's lonely, you know, and that, but that feeling of lonely. So I was at uh, my, the, my school residential last weekend and we were giving presentations. We were supposed to, this is like our last quarter before we get the master's degree. And we were supposed to present as if we're at some like Jungian conference or some scholarly conference and one woman she gave a talk about loneliness and it was beautiful she was talking about the experience of loneliness that feeling is loneliness for itself Wait, so in other words loneliness for itself what does that mean to you i'm trying it me i feel like it means that like i'm aching for a part of myself that i've lost so like mm. when i'm feeling lonely and it hurts. It's because there's some part of me that I've cut off years ago that I'm not aware of, or parts, probably multiple parts, that are crying to be seen right now. They're aching for it. 
So instead of projecting that into another person, I'm going to feel that pain. And maybe I discover parts of me that have been dormant that I'm finally reconnecting with. And now I don't have to project it out into another person. I can feel that. I have that feeling within me. And so now it's like, oh, in order to feel this feeling, I need to be with this person or I need to be, you know, be in their presence in a good way. Like they have to be in a good mood and I have to be in a good mood or else I'm not going to feel this part of me. Like, no, that part's in you. You can find it within you. And then imagine you come to that self, that, that center of wholeness. Now imagine relating to someone else, right? Where it's like, it's not this desperate, like, oh, I, I, I need this from you. It's like, no, I'm good. And damn, you look good right now. Let's, let's connect. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Um, before I, before I add my two cents to that, I, I, I do probably have to go back a little bit. Like I just heaped praise upon your mate mm-hmm. and you kind of like went into that whole thing. Did that make you feel uncomfortable that I was talking about how hot she is and how cool I love her and no, which man. I want to have sex with her? No. <laughs> we're all good oh okay because like for yeah, me like that's a that's a kink of mine is like people wanting to have sex with my mate i'm like oh yeah get, get in there you know yeah man there's whole sections of that on i mean i it's i think it's i find it kinky as well oh okay we're on the same page then we're I'm on not, the same page i'm there, not no, hurting your i'm there. not hurting your feelings there's a kink there of like something you love so much seeing someone else love it too it's like and yeah, it's a, it's definitely a kink, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just didn't want to hurt. I didn't want to make it weird between the two of us. No, I'm just being, I'm just still feeling a little shy right now. That's how I'm feeling. It's not that I'm not agreeing or feeling offended. It's that I'm feeling like I'm feeling a little shy, I'm a little shy boy right now, you know, <laughs> but I'll open up. <laughs> so um, here's my, I, oh, go ahead. Please. Oh, I, I just want to say, I just wanted to hit on that because that thing with loneliness it's, it really helped me last weekend because now it's like, okay, I'm feeling lonely. What if I just sit in that and be in it? And like, instead of trying to conjure up something to take that feeling away. And I don't know, when you, when you feel it to a certain extent, speaking of kink, I think that pain of loneliness yeah. can feel like a kink. You're like, I mean, I that, think that burn feels pretty good, actually. I think I think loneliness is a is a deep, deeply held kink for me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I mean, actually, let, let's talk openly like, you know, from today, like I. <sighs> OK, cool. I'm just going to talk about this. Like, I feel a deep. Need. For intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, when I say intimacy, I'm talking about physical intimacy. I'm talking about emotional intimacy. I'm talking about intimacy in every way, shape or form. I get that from various sources. Um, Mike, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you provide me with a level of intimacy that I don't quite get in other aspects of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) So you and I were talking today about how I had some time and I was on my, I was on my motorcycle and I was going to, I was driving around and I, I, and I was like, oh, I, I I could find 
I could find physical and emotional and, um, I mean, frankly, philosophical intimacy. But I chose to, I chose not to pursue that. And you and I haven't talked about this yet. We, we texted about it as far as like, I, I chose not to pursue that. The reason I chose not to, not to pursue it is because I think I have a kink of withholding pleasure from myself. Like, is that a weird thing for me to admit? God damn. I don't, I hate that we're recording right now, but like, that's a, that's a weird thing for me to admit that I think I like, I mean, obviously I'm a masochist. I've, I've talked about that before. Like I, I do love pain, but like, this is a different type of pain mm-hmm. of the pain of the pain of loneliness, the pain of, um, uh, not having your needs met. It, it, whether it's a, whether it's a kink or something that I'm deeply, uh, whether I'm, whether it's a, uh, 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 something that provides when I say kink, whether it's something that provides sexual fulfillment or something that simply provides me feeling like um, balance in my life as far mm-hmm. as like what I deserve. I don't know, but I know that I do withhold shit from myself intentionally. And I, 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 I thought about that a lot today when I was out zipping around, I was like, geez, dude. I think that I, I think that I do that intentionally. Um, and I don't know why I, I I'm sorry to not give you much of a, a soft landing ground to like take this and, and, and talk more about it. But it, it is a thing for me where I think that I'm kind of fun loving and I think I'm cool and I think I'm fun to be around. Mm-hmm. But, um, when it comes to people getting close to me, I do have a tendency to push that away because I think I don't deserve intimacy. Mm. And that's hard to admit. That's hard to say out loud. And and here I am just saying it to you because fucking whatever. Um, I mean, I share that dream with you today where I'm there. I mean, it's you're in the dream too and your brother and I'm there at this like el- like exclusive buffet where they're having like prime rib and I'm not like I'm turning it down I'm not filling my plate with it so I think I can relate on this sense of like withholding you know I I think you know we're talking about loneliness right and how getting a kink or or really leaning into that experience of loneliness and almost embracing it, embracing the hurt, embracing the pain. And I think that's something we all need to go through. I think there's also something that wallowing in it is not helping either, right? There's two different swords of it, um, two different ends of it. I think there's a way of a certain feeling we're feeling, and maybe there's another way to get that feeling than Maybe there's a reverse of it. I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know. Um, so when you say reverse of it, can you, uh, because I'm, I'm desperately looking for ways to salvage my life, which is a fucking sad sentence to say. And please, if you're listening, that's not what I mean. I'm just talking about like, listen, um, Mike and I have been talking together uh, about deathbed Mike and deathbed Doug. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking to other folks, therapy, coach, friends about the concepts of, of, uh, commitment and, 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 uh, like agreement, like deep, deeply held agreements that I've made in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's, it's, it's for the first time, maybe for the first time ever, I'm starting to hear, uh, like I, it's not just from me, it's from other people involved that I'm not feeling a, a, I, I'm not feeling a, um, a fulfillment of those agreements. So can you explain to me what you mean by that a little bit? Yeah. And maybe, I don't know. I'm going to take it back in a way because like, I, maybe it's, I'm trying to solve something here. (laughs) Damn dude. We're talking about some pretty fucking serious shit right now. It's serious shit. And sometimes it's like, we don't need to jump to solving it, you know? And I think maybe that's where I was trying to get to in a way. Um, because what you're talking about is dealing with 20 years ish of like, I mean a whole lifetime. It's a whole lifetime of programming. I mean, it's officially 21 years for me as of the release of this podcast. It's 21 years. And that's a, that's half your life. Yeah. And I, and I love that person so intensely that i can't even like talk about it on the podcast and yet my Same. my level of love <laughs> Maddie, you know what i mean like right, i was just like crushing up hell yeah <laughs> oh shit we need to cut that out don't we <laughs> Damn, sorry i got love that love, love one part for Seth to, love one part for Seth to cut, cut out <laughs> I mean, we'll just leave it, dude. Who fucking cares, dude? I fucking crush on her too, man. I crush on her deeply. I crush on her. That's the fucking problem. You know what my biggest problem in my life is, Mike? The biggest problem in my life is that I am so madly and desperately in love with my wife. And I don't feel that back. Like I'm crazy about her. Dude, that hurts. That hits too. You know? I, yeah. Oh, I, I know. Um, That's the biggest fucking problem in my life. If I wasn't crazy about her, I would be like, yeah, dog, let's do this. What up, girl? What up, dude? Let's do this. Yeah. Let's triple up. Let's fucking double up. Let's have the time of our lives let's have threesomes let's have foursomes let's have an orgy let's do it let's get let's get let's get legendary with this shit let's let's make this last all night let's 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 become familiar with each other's scent on every square inch of one another's bodies like i would be down unfortunately i'm crazy in love with this girl who won't give it back you care you care. I, you want, I fucking you, care. You and she you probably care. loves me deeply too. She doesn't, she doesn't show it in the way that I want her to show it. You know, fuck, this is like bad therapy. This is bad therapy. We're going through right now. We probably shouldn't even release this. I mean, we can choose whatever we want to do with it, but let's just stay in it. Cause, okay. um, 
I don't want to leave it. Um, remember when you taught me about uh, Fresca vibes, which it, Fresca equals flavor country. Fresca is flavor country, dog. And and you know what it is too. I was listening to uh, dude. I'm loving that podcast now. Smartless. Mm. Uh, mm. They had uh, Tom Holland on there, and they were talking about sexy indifference. There's nothing more attractive, the feminine to the masculine, I believe, than sexy indifference. I agree. If you are, if you're, if you're anyone, anyone in your life, if you're approaching him from a, a, a sense of sexy indifference, I feel like that's like the masculine, like pinnacle in a way of like, damn, this guy is attractive. But I have the hardest time. Like I, I want to be sex. I'll be feeling sexy indifference, and the moment I get around the girl I'm crushing on, yeah, it melts, it collapses, and I turn into a puddle. And I'm like, like fawning, um, crushing, and instantly I'm I'm not attractive in that state. <laughs> may, may I add to that, Mike? Yeah, please. So I would say that I'm pretty good at sexy indifference. I, oh, you're the pro at it, man. I look to you when I, when I'm thinking sexy indifference, I think Mike, just be, just be Doug right now. <laughs> thank you. What I would add to that is that it is literal. It is literal indifference. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I have shut off a part of me that is like, do you know what? Like, I'm not very interested in this, but the thing that you were just talking about hit me hard because the person I want to be most sexy to, I'm I'm not indifferent towards. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 like passionately trying to do all of the things to make to speak that person's love language. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, just in case they just in case I guess wrong about their love languages. I'm also fluent in all the other three love languages that I just in case. And I do all those things. And that, and that desperation to speak five love languages comes across as exactly what I just said. Desperation and Mm -hmm. the, whatever the opposite of sexy indifference is, right. It is like, it's like, um, uh, unattractive, caring unattractive uh passion is what that comes across as everyone else in my life friends family people who i come across via the medicine community people i come across via the podcast people i come across on a daily basis people i come across at the if i go drinking if you know whatever Sexy indifference is something that I am fucking good at. Fresca vibes, mm-hmm. baby. Flavor country vibes. Because I don't fucking care. I know. I know I'm cool as shit, dog. Like, I know <laughs> I'm cool as shit. Like, come on. Let's go. Dude, all I want to do is live a life with you of walking through the airports. Right. And seeing you get everything you want. Right. Because you're just, you, you're just like, like oozing. Not oozing is the wrong word. You're like oozing. emanating. I accept oozing. But it's it emanating and oozing. Maybe it's a little both. Flavor country, fresca vibes, sexy indifference. And all of a sudden, people are coming up to you. Random strangers, girls, you're getting upgraded to first class. The, the waitress 
I was not the waitress that like the flight attendant wants to come to our Airbnb afterwards. Right. Because she's like, who is this person? <laughs> and I, and because I don't care, it becomes cool. Right. Like Mike, yeah. I don't remember the last time I didn't get upgraded to first class and I don't have some kind of like sky miles, bullshit, fucking whatever. Like I'm just like, I go talk to the gate attendant and I'm like, what up girl? Like, can we do this? Like, or what up, dude? Can we do this? I don't remember the last time it didn't happen. You were with me. You, you've been with me when it, that happens. But dude, here's the thing. But here's the thing. Me? I don't Go. fucking care because all I want is one person on planet Earth to think I'm cool. And that person is like, I know all your magic tricks. I know what you got up your sleeve. I know everything about you. And I'm not impressed. And I'm like, shit, I got to learn new tricks. I got to try harder. I got to be like, I got to like, I got to like fucking figure out the secrets to the universe and like be cool about it. Like I can't, I can't do it. The problem is that you know the trick, you just can't do it. I can't do the fucking trick. <laughs> You're powerless. Dude. It's kryptonite. So it is. I had this experience where, you know, I was at, I was at school last weekend and, uh, you know, getting really close with my cohort. We've been together for two years. We've shared like very intimate, vulnerable things in this two year journey we've been on. Because you're not only learning about, it's not, you're not going through the grind of school, you're going through individuation and you're, you're going through the process and you're going with this group of people. So I was talking to him about what we're talking about now. And, uh, and Sarah, they all love you. Okay. Let's, let's, let's clarify yes. before you tell me more of the story. They are all madly in love with you and you are just like, I don't get it. Why? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sexy and different around them, right? And they're yes. just like, yeah. And they're like, look, you're not have any problem in any realm of like, you're, you've got the vibes. And then I come back home and I immediately melt like a fucking little puddle. <laughs> Dude, it's the home. worst. I'm driving home. I'm like, I'm sexy and different. I'm so great. This is, yeah, I got the vibe. I'm feeling it just like. And then, I mean, that lasted like a minute when they walk in the door. <laughs> and it's like, oh, uh, do, you, do you mind if I sit next to you at the dinner table, please? Like, it's like, this is your wife of 21 years. You, Of course you can sit next to her at the dinner table. But I'm like, oh, is it cool if I sit near you? Like, it's fucking <laughs> dumb, man. I, I can't figure it out. Why does that the way it works? I've got, listen, Mike, look, I'm going to show you this. Nobody on the thing can hear it, but I have a half of a notebook filled with notes like filled with like me writing on every square inch my notes from therapy mm -hmm. and every yeah. therapy session i have it, it it has nothing to do with like can i be a better person what am i going to do to try to try harder and what am i what am i going to do to not be like a fucking uh you know fascist no i don't do any of that shit all of it is about how can I make my wife love me more? You're Ken on the beach, man. I'm Ken, Ken on the beach. I just want her to look at me. I just want her to see me. And I'm, I'm willing to go running into the fucking fake waves and get fake injured and go into a fake ambulance and have people fake take care of me just because I want her fucking attention. That's it. Mm. I, got, I, got a, I got a half a notebook worth of bell to bell top to bottom page notes of how to do that 
And not one of these fucking words in my notebook has helped me in my marriage. Not one of them. Cause I still, I read it all and I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Team Doug. I'm going for it, dog. I'm going to be cool now. I'm going to go fucking hard. I'm going to like, I'm going to show my indifference. I'm going to show my value. I'm going to show my worth. I'm going to, I'm going to disregard the, the looks and the, and the judgment and the fucking weird tones. I'm going to go hard and I'm going to make this girl fall deeply in love with me again. And it's like, she's got the antidote, dude. It's like, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons and she's the fucking dungeon master and she knows all my tricks. And she's like rolling. She got a, she got a weighted die. She got a weighted die. I'm rolling. I'm even, even when I roll an 18, her weighted die is a 20. And then once in a while I roll a two and she's still rolling a 20. And I'm like, girl, I'm trying my fucking hardest and you're still rolling twenties on me. And she's like, yeah, that's cause I'm so fucking cool. I don't care. You, you, you are desperately, hopelessly in love with me. You're Danny Zuko. You're Danny Zuko from Greece. And I'm yeah. whatever, whatever fucking Olivia Newton, John's <laughs> Sandy. I'm Sandy from Greece. And I'm like, listen, I'm hopelessly devoted to you. And I don't know what to do about it. I fucking hate my life because of it. Um, the the one thing I know about your wife is she's always rolling a twenty, man. Always she rolls nothing but twenties, dude. How did I and find I her? We, how did I find her? She rolls nothing but twenties. Nothing but twenties. And how have we lasted this long without talking about weighted or like weighted the, the all the dice, all the die from like uh, role playing games? First time we've man, one of my favorite things about you know I used to play Robotech as a kid or Dungeons and Dragons and Magic like, the Gathering, like a, baby. I played a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like role playing game. But when you bring out all those like weird colored, uh, weird shaped die, dude, it's um, or dice. Dice is the plural, right? Die is singular. Dice is plural. Yeah. I was flipping them. All the dice. I don't know. For some reason, it's bringing about this nostalgia that I'm just loving and this nostalgic feeling of like this little satchel and you pour it out and it's like got all the all the dice in there Same, and i had so many orbs. dice I had a hundred sided 28 probably other ones yeah and then you know your standard six. Oh, four-sided dice oh of dice. course yeah anyway like, um why have we never talked about this like i used to go to <laughs> mr olson's toy shop and play magic the gathering like from age 14 to age 17 i didn't i had the most epic white deck of all time and I had all of those dice. I had all of the different uh, possibilities of dice. And yet, all of my strategery, thank you, George W. Bush, all of my, uh, uh, all of my tactical knowledge, all of my, uh, uh, all of my planning, it did not help me with love. Mm-hmm. I'm, good, I'm good at beginnings. I suck at enduring to the end i suck at the thing that jesus told us which was endure to the end i'm i'm bad at it dude did jesus say that did was that mormon jesus only or is that jesus i don't know jesus? who said endure to the end but somebody <laughs> said it and i and i put that in my whole bag of tricks and i've dude, been thinking about enduring to the end since fucking day one dog enduring to the end is fucking miserable endure to the end of what like i think that's something we need to shift now look i you know i've got willpower mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, I've you're got the impressive best of willpower. willpower, man. 
it's it's impressive. Um, and also, I'm kind of sick of it. I'm so like, what am I what am I willing right now? Uh, what am I what am I blocking? What am I preventing? Um, Doug, you know what came to me as you were talking? Please. You know that dream that I we were just talking about with the uh, the uh, prime rib, and I'm turning down the prime rib. Oh yeah, that dream starts. I'm just realizing with us walking through an airport, and you're looking for a blanket. Holy shit, dude! That's <laughs> right. Let me pull it up real quick. That's right. Like I'm just talking about uh, the only thing I want to do is go through an airport with you and feel flavor country vibes. But I'm walking through this airport with you, and you've got a blanket. You're not. You're not like. You're looking for security. You're looking for something soft and cuddly. And Oh, my God, dude. Fuck, Mike. (laughs) And guess what happens, though? You get distracted by these awesome turquoise shoes that we go, but they're all women's shoes. And then I go and talk to this person. And I'm like, hey, are there any men's shoes? And she points right behind me, like, obviously, there's men's shoes right there. And I turn around. What do I see? Fucking moon boots, man. <laughs> Huge. Thank moon God boots. humans invented moon boots. Yeah, that's what you said to me when you put them on. You're there. You're just like, I don't, I feel like that's something there. You recaptured that flavor country curiosity and fun and like, who the fuck cares? You're like, humans invented moon boots, Mike. Look at them. <laughs> You're wearing them. I don't know, man. There's something there that's like unlocking this for me in a way. Um, oh my gosh! And you know what else? So I was this is uh, this might tie into. So I'm I'm there last weekend at the residential. So I'm talking about school a lot, but like, um, an idea came to me to write about Star Wars in my paper, in this paper I'm doing. And the thing that I want to write about is what what allows Luke to go on his adventure. Death. Death. It's when that fear of abandonment is gone. When he, he, he gets abandoned. There's nothing for here me. There's nothing here for me now. When Holy it's like, shit, dude. When like, okay, lonely, lonely. I, if, if someone, if I lose this person who means so much to me, or if the, the worst of the worst happens and I'm alone, well, you know what? I kind of like feeling alone. Loneliness feels fucking good. I can't, it's kind of a kink for me. I don't know. It, it becomes a superpower in a way of like, look, Uncle Owen, Aunt Baru, they're gone. This, this, this safety net, uh, this fear of abandonment I have as an orphan kid in Luke Skywalker. You can't touch me now. I'm, I've been abandoned again. I'm going to the stars, you know? I'm going to the moon, man. I'm going to the moon with my moon boots. <laughs> I'm starting to uh, listen. I, I I've had those fantasies. Like I, I hate to admit it, but I've had those fantasies about everyone close to me mm-hmm. dying. And the reason I'm mm-hmm. saying fantasy and not nightmare is because it would be a fucking nightmare. But the reason I have them as fantasies is because I think about how they would unlock and, and liberate me from all of my listen luke listen i don't know that luke would have gone to town with obi-wan unless 
he came to those charred dead bodies of the people he had looked at as as family and 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 parental figures he he nope. had he had he had nothing to lose so of course he took r2 and and went with obi-wan because he because what else was holding him back same with fucking harry potter same with uh frodo dude i mean we we can talk about the hero's journey we can get into uh joseph campbell all we want it's just like that thing of like what do you do when the people you love most are still alive dude that's a fucking terrible thing for me to say no it's not man i think you're talking to you're talking to the 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 we contain multitudes yeah and so let's hold that because we contain multitudes. And I've had that. I've had, you talk about a fantasy. There is a fantasy of like, what if I had no strings? Yes. And what I would, the invincibility, it's almost like a feeling of invincibility of like, I'm good. I could conquer the world. I don't care. I, I can live in flavor country all day because I'm going to approach life eternally as sexy indifference because you can't touch me. I can't, I can't be touched in that way. Right. Um, oh, there was something I wanted to get at and I, I, I it slipped my mind, but it'll come back. Well, but, um, it's in, it's yeah. in there somewhere, right? It's about the, the people you love most. You don't want them to die, but mm-hmm. you also fantasize about them dying because it, it unlocks something in you. It unlocks that, like who fucking cares. It unlocks, it unlocks that like liberation. Is that anywhere in there? Well, there's that, I mean, that, that quote, if you die before you die, you want to die when you die. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, film the death, but, um, who, who that's, that's from like ancient Greece, isn't it? That, that, that's like, yeah, Oh, it was that's over like the, that. it was over the, like, it was like over the entrance of like the Elysian fields or something. I, I don't know where that comes yeah, that, from. That, um, the mysteries, the Elysian, uh, how do you say it? illusion I, I don't know illusion the mystery i've only read it i don't know how to yeah, say mystery. it out loud. so when they would go and probably do some sort of psychedelic uh-huh they would have this death experience and once you've tasted that death you're like oh i i know what death is and that whole you you've learned about the life death life cycle yeah and it's always life death life now you don't know what that new life emerging is but when you're in the death, it's like this fucking sucks and it hurts. And so I say that I say that fantasy of it. But like I'm only tasting in that fantasy. You're talking about the fantasy of everyone you love dying. And so you're free. I'm only tasting a portion of every that the pain, the intense pain of grief, sorrow, anguish of that happening. And I can't even really bear it. You know, it's like when you're in it, it feels unbearable. There was there were times when I was like, I was driving out because uh, my residential is in Santa Barbara. I was driving out and seeing this beautiful sunset on my way out. But I was feeling so much internal pain mm. that I was like, I don't this sounds dark, but it was just in the moment of like, I don't like being here. It hurts so Mm. much does that make sense in a way and it's like it makes sense mike it it passed right like i don't like but that pain is intense so it's like no wonder why we don't want to feel it no wonder why it's like we can talk a big game and be like 
oh yeah, if we just didn't have these attachments or, or, or we, if we got okay with loneliness, we'd be invincible. Well, filling the depth, I don't know if we can ever really feel the depth of that. Yeah. Of depth of losing a loved one, death, death, uh, or the death of a marriage, the death of any, it's just, it fucking hurts, man. And, and you know what? The, the worst fucking part about this, Mike, I, I've never told this story in the podcast, but I'm going to tell it right now. So like, um, for those of you listening and maybe just Mike, maybe just Mike is listening to this right now. Mike, you're my best friend in the whole world. But previous to you being my best friend, I had a best friend that I grew up with. And he died uh, a couple of weeks before I came home from my mission. Like he was hit by a train type of thing, you know? That's not a type of thing. That's all a deal, man. That's a, well, yeah, not, not, not hit by a train type of thing. He literally was hit by a train and died. Yeah. Um, I, I, I went through a whole period of my life where I blame myself because it was one of those things where like, um, uh, I was supposed to come home from my mission like July 21st. And then I extended my mission by six weeks and he died the week before I came home from my mission officially. And it was like one of those, it was like one of those things where I blame myself because, oh, if I had been around, he would have been with me. He would have had someone who was not uh, drunk. He would he, he would have been fine. You know, I, I, I spent a lot of time in that space, a lot of time, actually, in that space. But the reason I'm telling that story is because, um, you know, the, the, the process of, of grief, like grieving that, the process of grief was extended for me. Like, like, like it was a long process. I, di- I didn't grieve. I didn't officially grieve that death until I left the church. Like literally, I didn't, I didn't feel that grief because I was like, oh, I'll see him again. He's fine. He's in heaven. He's waiting for me. He's the best guy ever. And then when I left the church, I was like, okay, now I got to deal with the concepts of life and death. Mm-hmm. I got to deal with what I think about. Um, sorry, this is taking me so long to tell the story. It's a pretty quick story, but I'm just like a little emotional right now. So like. Uh, I had to deal with that. And it gave me a perspective on, it gave me a perspective on what death is as far as, um, how, how the rest of the world, like, like we're talking about death as this sort of liberating experience for the living. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. My experience with death and you, you listen, Mike, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to devalue the very real experience you've had with death in the last couple of months. Um, but we talk about this experience with death as like, Oh, wouldn't that be cool that it would liberate me? Mm-hmm. But the, but the, but the, uh, sense of servitude and, uh, enslavement that we feel does not come from other people that 
who the, whose death would liberate and 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 free us it comes from self-imposed uh feelings of obligation and a sense of like um what we owe to one another and the thing that we owe to one another becomes this really heavy thing of like uh mike i want to i want to be here for you for all of your crazy like for all of your weird all of your dreams all of your uh all of your hardship all of your things that you go through but if i'm if i'm faking it and doing it just for you mike you don't get the full value of me showing up as my full authentic self and 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 that and, and that's the thing that stays with us after death that that's the thing that stays with us after loved ones die is that oh it's not that like oh their death has given me the opportunity to be a more true version of myself their death shines a light on and is reflective of the shit that i was not able to be sincere with them about while they were alive and i think about that a lot when i when I, when I fantasize about how I can free myself up and, and I fantasize about how I can like uh, be a better version of me, it's not an accusation of other people around me. It's actually pointing inward at like, why are you still lying to yourself and to everyone around you about who you deeply, deeply are? And I, I haven't learned that lesson yet, dude. I'm telling that story because I haven't learned that fucking lesson yet, but I but I feel it and I know it. I know it's out there somewhere. I know it exists somewhere in the, in the ether. And, it, and it's, just yeah. a, it's a feeling of like, I wish, I wish more, not only for myself, but for the people around me who could get a better version of me. Or the version of you, right? Or like, the only uh, version of me. Because I think you're hitting on something about, you know, we think it, going back to the good boy vibes of like, I just want to be a good boy, but then you're robbing, you're robbing people of the experience of that other half of you. And in that dream, it's interesting because as I'm getting that prime rib, I, uh, Tim Gunn is there in the dream. Tim Gunn is like the person who cuts the meat in the dream. (laughs) And he, uh, there's two prime ribs. And I choose the darker one, right? Like mm. the, the darker half. I choose the darker one is what you said in your text to me. I choose the darker one. Um, you know, I, I, and they, this good little Mormon boy, when you're interacting with the world from that side, they're missing the full experience of Doug. They're missing the full experience of Mike. They're missing that. And, um, I'm thinking how much, you know, Barbie is missing that from Ken at the beginning of the film, right? Like right. there's this like, wait, no, you're, you're like, uh, I, I want all of you. I want the dark part. I want the skepticism. I want the, the anger. I want the, I want, I want you all of it. Um, I, I don't know why I cut that off around some people, a lot, a lot of people that cut that off. Um, and I don't know. It's, um, 
And I guess you go, go, you know, going back to loneliness, those parts of me are lonely. They're like, look, you, you've neglected us. You've neglected anger, you know, is like there. And now I'm getting too much into the whatever. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're in the right, you're in the right spot, dude. This is it. This is, this is it right here. Yeah, But it's like, you know, the multiplicity of the selves and there's parts of me, it's like, yeah, I'm lonely. You don't, you feel like you don't need me. You don't feel like, you know, my angry part is like, you never express me. I come out all the time and you just push me back in down in a box, but like, stop pushing me back down in a box. I feel lonely in this box that you put me in and try to contain because you know what? That anger is also my boundaries and what I, what I'm going to say no to. It's actually that, and that drive and that passion that gets me going for what I want too. You know, I think anger and passion are tied intimately together. And so, um, how many, how many emotions do you think there are, Mike? Like if you were to like, if you were to like, just sort of render a guess at like, base emotions how many are there like the base emotions base base oh yeah like we're not talking about like we're not i'm not i'm i'm not asking you about like subsets of emotion like <laughs> oh uh here's joy and here's like one a b c and d and here's one a lowercase one of joy i'm i'm asking like the base emotions what how many are there base emotions but you're talking to like a I know I'm a talking to a I'm talking to a youngian here. So I, you know. Well, you're talking to a sommelier of emotions, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, this one feels like anger with a touch of, with hints of cherry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby. Yeah. I know what I'm, I know what I'm into here. Yeah. And a feeling type, right? Um, but if we go to just to base, there's probably like, I'd be surprised if there's more than four base emotions. Okay. That, okay. Four base emotions. Anger mm-hmm. is for sure one of those base emotions. Oh, for sure. Right. For sure. Yes. My upbringing and my natural tendencies, and I'm, I'm accusing you of this too right now. So you can feel emotion. You can feel anger toward me right now. My life has been dedicated to suppress 25% of the whole experience that is accessible in life. Because anger is such a negative, I'm throwing up air quotes here, because anger is such a negative emotion that we're not allowed to feel. And this is, the reason I'm asking this is because this is like a main topic for me and Tracy is how do we humans express anger? And the reason I'm so fucked up and bad at it is because I grew up in a dogmatic religion that taught me that there is no expression of anger other than Jesus turning over the tables in the temple because there were money changers one time. And so for me, there was never, it's like, oh, in comparison to what Jesus faced, there's never a reason for me to feel the the emotion of anger. That's, That's never okay. Anger at your lot in life. Anger at something that somebody did to you. Anger at something that somebody did not do to you. Anger at yourself for something that you did. Anger at yourself for something that you failed to do. Anger at your anger at the world around you was not okay. And that, according to uh, listen, folks, you're listening to a PhD in Jungian depth psychology and analysis. That's 25 percent of the human experience that I have cut off 
from myself. And this allowed myself to feel because it's not good. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's that, it's that, that thing of good and evil, the right and wrong. It's, it's wrong and it's evil anger. And I'm a little bit angry about that, Mike. I'm a little <laughs> bit angry about not feeling that anger, dog. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, um, and uh, I would talk about jealousy. Or not jealousy, uh, loneliness. Yeah. Jealousy too. Pretty oh, jealousy is part of loneliness, right? Yeah. Uh, anger is probably one of my favorite emotions when I'm really oh, feeling shit. it. Right? Like, yeah. Like, it feels fucking good and it burns shit up, man. It like burns. It's like a, like a fire that's just like, like, and I'm just like, and talk about like, sexy and different right i mean i mean it can be explosive but it's uh it just feels good in my body can i just say that yeah, anger, dude. anger feels there. good in my body yes <laughs> and um i realize it's probably my most repressed i mean i think it, it maybe you can even go you know deeper than anger which i feel like is passion maybe um that can be expressed as anger or going after what may, I don't know, maybe, but like that sexuality is definitely repressed in Mormonism. Oh, and I've yeah. definitely felt that, but even sexuality, it's like, okay, one day you're going to get married and you're going to be able to express it. Anger is never allowed. Never allowed. Never. And, um, I would put up, put it up there with a, a, and like on the bar of a good orgasm is a good expression of anger. Damn, it feels good. Dude, it does feel good because anger is like this. Uh, I, and I don't mean like, I don't mean unhealthy expressions of anger, like behavioral anger in this like sense of like punching holes in walls and being a, being a dip. Like being an asshole. I, I don't well, mean that. I, I would argue that comes more from repression than expression. It does I mean, you're come from, you're it does come from it, repression. But yeah, but you're expressing it, but you're expressing it in that way because you've repressed it for so long that now it's coming out in sideways ways that you're not happy about. Not Dude, about Mike, what a, like, listen, I don't, I don't mean to like make this just solely about you and I, but like one of my favorite songs that you and I do is that song about and it, it came through in a tiny little, it, it, it came through in a tiny little portion of my life where I was okay to express some anger for just a minute. Is that song about like, I mean, it's a song about anger. I, I mean, I'm literally saying, I remember that you told me to bury all my guns. So I buried everyone. And then the next line is, but I know where to dig them up mm -hmm. because that thing that, that doesn't go away. So, so that, that, uh, new age, you know, sexy in touch with his feelings, man or woman. It, it's a fucking fallacy, dude. It doesn't fucking exist mm -hmm. because as, as good as we can, like we can get so good at harnessing, and faking our emotions, faking 
oh, it's all fucking light and love and positivity and good vibes and everybody's cool and I love it. And I'm so glad you came to our circle and sit down and sit by me and tell me everything. As good as we are at faking that, as, as good as we are at burying all of our guns, mm-hmm. here's, the, here's, the, here's the dark side of that. I know where exactly where I buried every single one of them. I know where to yeah. fucking dig them up. I know. I know exactly where they are. I don't need X marks a spot. I don't need a pirate's map. I don't need anything. I know exactly where to dig them up. Dude, that is my fa- And you are like, your lyrics are my favorite of any songwriter. Well, I, I mean, no. And, and I'm saying that's my favorite lyric that you've come up with. I, I agree. That is a very good lyric because it expresses maybe expresses the only time I've truly expressed emotion in my whole songwriting catalog. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit, but (laughs) but let's just go with that for a second. (laughs) Um, It's, uh, um, and you sent it to me and I know guns are a sensitive topic in America, which I I told you, like, should I take guns out? And I'm like, no, because this is, this is part of the problem of gun violence in America is that you have so many men who have buried their guns and they know where to dig them up. That's right. That's, I mean, it's, you're getting to the heart of the problem. And so you, you have to have the line gun in there because that's what it is. Um, and, and just like a gun, it's dangerous to yourself probably more than anyone, right? I mean, I think uh, guns, more suicides than anything Bingo. with guns. So more deadly to yourself or your loved ones. I mean, the accidents that happen because of guns, you're much more likely to have an accident in the home than someone shoot you in the street. There, it's, it's all in there. And, you know, I'm crediting Tracy again for this. So has she ever talked to you about snags? Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked about snags. Yeah. I- so that's... It's my favorite acronym or one of my favorite things she's ever taught me about. Sensitive is- new age guy. <laughs> and the reason why the acronym is so good, because think of a snag, yep. right? A trap. If you are out there and you see a wounded animal, this is also crediting her, a wounded lion, or, but it's a lion pretending to be wounded. That is so much scarier than an actual lion. Yeah, dude. Cause you don't know with, with an actual lion or something, you know, where the threat is, you know, where like, or someone with a gun, like, Oh, this is, this guy's a threat, especially with someone who's, you know, intending to do harm with it. Someone who's, who's showing you their colors. That's scary, but it's not nearly as scary as someone who's like, I can feel something's up here, but they're pretending to be wounded. I don't know what that gun is that he's going to pull out. Yep. And that's so much scarier. And so no wonder when we're being a good boy and you're approaching and you're not it, like, no wonder you're subconsciously, there's a fear there in women. <laughs> like what's this guy hiding right now? Yeah, dude, that, 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 that goes back to the fucking Barbie movie about like, it, okay. If you're a guy who's watching the Barbie movie and you think this is anti-man, what are you trying to fucking get away with dog? Like, what are you trying to sneak past the fucking goalie? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I mean, and maybe and and listen, you know listen, I take, take it one step further. Oh, please. Yeah. If you're also a guy who's like, 
so much like, yeah, that men take that and this and that, and you're not feeling that pain of the Ken character. You're also pretending to be wounded. Does that make sense? Dude, that's dead. Dude, that is. <sighs> Holy shit, Mike. And that is the wounded be... lion. That is the wounded lion is the man who claims to be harmed by the fucking Barbie movie. But I'm saying the reverse of it, too. In a way. You are? Do you get what I'm saying? No, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't get what you're saying. Say it again. I'm saying that there's also the man who I think. Look, and look, maybe this is sounding too preachy here because like, oh, I, I'm the one who got the Barbie movie the right okay, way. Okay, fine. Let's preach. Let's fucking preach then. <laughs> if it's so preachy. If we're so fucking but preachy, I'm let's preach. Sensitive new age guy is also the guy who's like. Alan. Can't you see? I don't, Alan. Yeah. In a way, uh, I'm, I'm trying to explain this in a way that's like. Like, oh, I'm so. Ah, shit. I can't use that word. What? Woke. Because I love that. I mean, I hate the way it's been turned what around. Woke, you know what what I mean? does woke even mean? Fuck woke. Vote, fuck, fuck that it. word, but, dude. But, but it's also woke. And so it's like, I, I, I guess I'm, I hate the whole woke, uh, anti-woke shit, especially like in Florida right now. It makes me not Same, like, dog. scared Same. of our future. But I think there's also this thing of like, Men, uh, not like uh, shit. I don't know how to say it, man. Mike, let me like just let me just add. While you're thinking of how to say it, let me just add this. Like you, you. When I said Alan, I wasn't just sort of like saying a word. I was talking about a character in the Barbie movie, who played by Michael Sarah. Those who are Arrested Development fans, Michael Sarah's character Alan is pro Barbie movement in every single fucking scene. Mm, he wears the yes, same okay. clothes. He wears the, he supports the Barbie movement. He's there to cheer them on. He's a fucking snag because he doesn't do it. He does not progress the plot ever. He is only there as a, as a punchline. He is only there as a, support system to what Barbie is doing and not an active participant. He is not there to move Barbie's progress forward. He is only there to act as if he's participating when he doesn't have to take any risks or do anything. He's the epitome of a snag. Okay, dude, I'm so glad you brought up Alan and this is makes the the film even more genius, right? Yep. Because I've been an Alan for a lot of my life too. Same dude. Where, but the, the thing about Alan is that he's also, he's not going through that experience that Ken is going through of like owning the fact that he's also pining for these women and wanting their affection. And then also being like, Oh wait, you're not going to love me. Oh wait, maybe I'll take the power. I'll do this. I'll go. He's not going through those intensive. He's suppressing emotions yeah. he's bearing his guns somewhere that's right and so you have to go you can't just i think we also have too many allens and i've been one and i'm actually more guilty of being an allen in my last 10 years i think liberals are in general and me being being very liberal in my last 13 years of existence have 
been a lot more of an Allen. And I think there's also like something to be learned from that. Yes. Like, yes, I I'm here to cheer women on. I'm here to support them. I'm here to fuck the patriarchy. I'm here to do all of it. And yet I can't bypass the emotions I, I feel from the patriarchy as well. I can't bypass the, the loneliness I feel, the rejection I feel, the, the hurt I feel. Of it. And I know you're like going to play a small little fiddle for the, the, the white, well-off well man here. You know what I mean? But it's emotions that I can't bypass. I've got to go through it too. And so I think Alan, I, I love that he's for Barbie. We need men who are team Barbie, but they also need to feel, they, they need to feel it all. They need to be in it. Amen. Mike, I, as a fellow Alan, uh, could not agree more with you. And I'm trying to tap in more to my inner Ken mm -hmm. and balance that with my inner Alan and my inner Barbie and my inner whatever Will Ferrell's fucking character is called in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Mattel guy. Mattel CEO. And I'm trying to like dismiss all of that. I'm trying to dismiss all of that because the, the, the answer is like, look, they, they make fun of, they make fun of you and me specifically in that fucking movie. Couple of white mm -hmm. dudes who are pretty well off having a fucking podcast, talking about the patriarchy, talking about women's rights, talking about liberalism, talking about how it means to like be the best supporters of what women are up to. Fuck us, dude. Fuck us. You know? Uh-huh. Also, fuck the anti-us. And also, fuck the middle ground us. And also, fuck the women version of us. And also, fuck the women who hate us. And also, fuck everybody. Fuck everything. Fuck it. Kind of want to fuck the world. Kind of want to fuck, fuck the world right now. <laughs> we, we, we can only do what we consider to be the best version of ourselves. And, and, and frankly, Mike, the best version of ourselves is not going to show up on Fox News. It's not going to show up on CNN. It's not going to show up on Hitler's fucking youth. It's not going to show up on Joseph Stalin's best fucking communists of all time. It's not going to show up on any of that shit. Because to be human is, is not extreme. To be, to be human is not some sort of like political act to be human is not some sort of statement to be human is to be flawed and to be fucked up and to be trying our best and to be uh, cranky and angry and jealous and joyful and full of love and full of hate and full of passion and to play golf and to fucking go on a motorcycle ride and to have a podcast and to make mistakes and to say stupid shit. That's what it means to be human. And you cannot tell me that that fits into red, blue, one, zero, Republican, Democrat, Mormon, Christian, not Mormon, Muslim, Jewish, Hindu. It does not fit into any of that 
fucking bullshit. So let's fucking stop holding each other to those standards and let's try to just be the best version of our individual self that we can be and support each individual person that we know in being the best version of themselves. And let's give each other a goddamn break. Oh. Thank you for coming with us to Flavor Country. If you like what you heard, just uh, give us a five-star review. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, it doesn't matter. Just drop us some, a little love there. And, uh, you know, come with us over to Patreon. We've got so much cool shit there. We've got, we're talking about dreams. We're talking about myths. There's content there that you can download, listen to, whatever you want to do with it. But we have a community kind of forming around Patreon. Come join us. Come, come live in Flavor Country with us. Because that's what it's all about. Enjoy. Peace. Yes! <laughs>